0: So, if you've been listening to me on Taking Back Joy for a while now, you'll know that I could talk about the benefits of websites until the cows come home. That's an interesting segue into the client we're going to spotlight today, Jill Noble. She runs a farming business, she also represents a farming association, and she's going to share with you the client's perspective on just a the massive difference that a website made to their accessibility for potential members and customers, as well as some of the in-house administrative tasks that needed to be performed as part of both growing a farm and marketing a sheep breed association. So Jill's one of my previous clients, she's a brilliant business owner with um, multiple hats doing a very good job at all of them and so I'd love to share with you her insights into the whole web design experience, why she needed a website in both the instance of her farm and the association and most importantly how she actually prepared for the web design process because from the designer perspective Jill was very good to work with. She had very clear goals and very clear ideas about what the website needed to do in order to be successful in the eyes of her business and association. So if you're considering getting a website for your business or organisation, Jill's got a lot of fabulous insights into how you can be prepared to get the most out of the experience. So let's jump in. You're listening to Taking Back Joy, a more than marketing podcast. This is where we dive into how to market your regional and rural small business sustainably without being stuck to your screen. I'm your host, Meredith Page, and I was born and raised in a small town full of fantastic small businesses. And now, I'm doing the same with my own family. I'm a marketing coach, a mum and a wife, and I want to share with you everything I've learned and I'm still learning about juggling a family, business growth, mental well-being, and healthy boundaries. Here we market smarter, not harder, so we can take the busyness out of our businesses. If you're running a small business, raising small humans and trying to make a big difference in a small town, you're in the right place. This is Taking Back Joy. Jill and I have actually worked together on two websites now. So we're going to do a bit of a dive into the process pre the website build that kind of brought her to needing a website, what the process looked like on her end of things, and then what the kind of the benefits been coming out the the side of having a website as a tool, both in the organization she's a part of and her own farm. So thanks for joining me again, Jill. First of all, can you please introduce yourself for the benefit of anyone who missed the pleasure of your company in the last episode? And um, tell me about the two, the organisation and the business we're going to be chatting about today.
1: Wonderful. Thanks, Meredith. Thank you so much again. So I run a sheep and regenerative farm called Holston Valley Farm. So that's one um, site that we've worked on, uh, Farm.com. And the, the first one we worked on was actually the Australian... Wilshire Horn Sheep Association or AWISA, and thank you for introducing is... it
0: for me <laughs>
1: <laughs> and um you know if you think about every breed of sheep there there's sort of a sheep um I suppose specialties or breeds and each of those have a website so if you breed Suffolks or Border Leicester's or whatever each of those breeds and our Angus cows whatever they're going to have their own website to to sort of really focus on their breed and we had a really old clunky association website and I had, I was uh, the marketing and publicity person. I still actually am. And I was tasked with uh, trying to look at a, getting a, a new fresh website and one that we didn't have the problems that we did have
0: uh, with the previous one. And that's where we found you so um so what were the issues that you're having with the current website you had and how do you feel like they were holding the association back
1: it was um, a, a static sort of website um you, you, one guy one of the breeders had developed it there was nothing wrong with it but he then unfortunately passed away and took all his passwords codes and logins with him oh dear um, we couldn't find anyone who could sort of hack into it, which is kind of bizarre, seeing as you know there's so many great hackers. Uh, so we literally had to just start from scratch. We just pulled down the the content, any content that was there, and then a committee. As a committee, we sort of set up a little subcommittee to work on the website with you know different people with different skills. Some people were great with photography, some people were great with content and history, <clears throat> and I sort of project managed it. Because I was kind, I was newish to to sort of sheep, um. But one of the, the and we really came up with a wish list what we what we wanted the website to do, mm. um, and how much control we actually wanted of the website, and we wanted to make sure we didn't repeat the mistakes of the past, if you like, you know, just just because of time and money. So, mm. um. We really, I think we, we, the benefit and why that project was so successful, and and now, um, I have other sheep breeds come to me and say, oh, "You do know, Jill, that the Wilshire Horn Association, they're the, they're the, they're the pinnacle. That's
0: where we're we're all trying to get to. What oh, you've we're, been able to do? Oh, oh that's oh. exciting. The fact that we're setting the standard for like association. websites. The
1: I know, I know, and you know, our sheep breed is not it's not the most popular or well-known sheep breed. You know, it's not, it's, not a, it's not an endangered species or anything, but you know, we're not sort of well-renowned or you know, got, don't have crazy amounts of budget or whatever. But we were very clear on what we wanted the website to do. And we wanted to be able to up, really update it and just do it really quickly, easily, and simply. And that's what we got.
0: I, well, I think it really helped that you guys had had those internal, and that's probably, you know, super, like a lot of credit to your, your capacity as a project manager on that project because it's so helpful for me as a service provider when that when the client comes to you and they have, every, have a very clear objective. Like I think sometimes when we go into building a website, people can't, kind of get lost in the nuts and bolts. It's like, well, we want the buttons to be this color and want this to sort of sit over here and that sit over here. And if I was going to recommend anyone go and work with a web designer, I would totally recommend they take the approach you did where it's like, okay, what do we ultimately need this thing to do? What are our non-negotiables? Um, what can we maybe have a bit of wiggle room on? And, yeah, what's, what is the purpose that it needs to meet, like, in terms of both functionality for the user and functionality for us as the, the keepers of that website? So that always makes my life a lot easier because for me, like, I like to build websites that are, like, purpose first where it's like there's no point having a beautiful website if it's you guys can't access it, if it's not easily updated, if it doesn't serve your customers and your people, the information it needs as easily as possible. So full credit to you guys for being, you know, gold standard clients. (laughs) It also helped us
1: internally because in a lot of these sort of volunteers associations, there's always a lot of politics.
0: Oh, yes. You know, and,
1: and egos and differences of opinion. So us having that that scoping document really helped us to manage our own internal expectations yes. so that we, you know, and particularly when we went live, we did have a, still a little bit of pushback from people, you know, who complained, you know, about the photo and you know, just stuff like this, you mm-hmm. know, but at least we could say, well, you know, this was the strategy and, and the committee, everyone was, it was, had an opportunity to contribute and be part of that um, little subcommittee
0: i think that's 100 percent right that's hugely important because i've known so many websites that they get to that 90 95 mark and then it's almost like it's like a fear of launching so people sometimes there'll be someone in the periphery who hasn't been involved in the project the whole time but it suddenly comes in at the last minute and goes oh this isn't the right color green all that green needs to change or there will be you're right there'll be things that don't have any impact on the success or failure of it as a tool they're purely like surface level niggles that won't make it any more or less successful should they take effect. So I think you're right that is really good for something people to people for people to keep in mind is that if you want to avoid that drama down the end get everyone to sign off on it before they can see what it looks like. Because sometimes when the thing you can see it then or the, the second wave of opinions comes in where it's like, "Well, my daughter's doing a design degree and she reckons this should be this big and it's like, "No, no, we agreed on this, the scope and the objective and what it would do early days. That was your time for input. Now, you've tasked us to ensure that the design follows and meets the needs. So, you're t- the chip is sale, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and and it can exactly make it. because you become such a middleman between the, the service provider and your own sort of in-house team. So, you've really got to look after your headspace through that process as much you've got to manage the process with the, the web designer, i.e. me. What was what's been the benefit now of having that tool inside your organization?
1: Yeah, well, funny enough, we've got a an online option coming up, and one of the key benefits is you know we I can just go in there and we've got a calendar of events and I can just stick it in there,
0: and it just you know that's one of my big philosophies that um if I like heaven forbid got hit by a bus or you know decided to go on holidays like the the happier alternative, Imagine. but yeah if that happened you're business or organisation shouldn't, shouldn't go on the back burner because of that. Like, I think, and because that's the kinds of people that you guys are as well. Like, you're managing this around multiple businesses. Some of them are managing it around growing families, multiple, like, volunteer yeah. commitments. So, it is really important that you guys are kind of empowered to take charge of that for yourself. And, like, I think that's why I, um, like, I don't charge at this stage ongoing fees because I didn't see a need for it. Like a lot of places will charge ongoing fees for websites and things like that um, as like a just-in-case maintenance thing. But, A, I didn't find that that need ever arose. We never like, I think we've had one, one exchange, I think, ever since we built it where it's, oh, hey, can we just um, tweak this a bit? And, um, and then you guys have been self-sufficient with it the whole time. The best thing you can do to manage things is
1: design them well. Yes. You know, management and design go together. And, and that's the thing. You've designed it that way. So that it's, it's actually easy for a sort of average user to actually be able to do the basics. Like we have a breed directory, we get new members all the time. So that means as soon as we get a new member and they pay to be a member, so they deserve to be on the website, you know, Mm. so enlisted because that helps their business. Now, uh, uh, I, I just have to do that. I have to make time and, and I'll, I'll batch them. So I'll make, maybe there's three or four that have come in in the last six weeks. They'll all go on at the same time. And I'm, I know what to do. I can do it.
0: Yeah, it's, I think it's important for people to know too that a website isn't just about going to market. Sometimes it can really reduce the admin load for inside the business as well like if it can be capturing a lot of information for like smart forms and things like that so there's less toing and froing with customers and then it reduces the time required to implement that information Like that has an effect just not on your bottom line but just your business running in general
1: yeah well that's probably the biggest benefit i've had with my with the holston valley farm website
0: well that's a beautiful segue to your next website so so where were you at before we started chatting about that because um and like that was really nice too because I felt like when working with clients half the work is in just getting to know the client getting to know how they like to communicate what their needs are priorities things like that so it was really nice to go and do another lap with a website client because we already had that relationship from the first one so yeah where talk to me a little bit about where you guys were at before you decided the farm needed a website well, we had nothing.
1: We we our farms only been in existence for five years, really. So we um, we just needed to start from scratch. And um, I, I knew I wanted it to be scalable. You know, like mm. being able to, for example, add on the I've got a podcast now, so add on the podcast. You know, so or or add on a newsletter or add on a whatever. Um, so I knew that I wanted that, and I knew I wanted to have. Again, a relationship with someone who would take me through that. Um, but the other thing that um, we we just wanted was just to have a physical or, or an online presence to sort of position us uh, uh, as a it legitimizes a legitimate you as well. business. Yeah, mm. it does. It does, and also legitimizes us, you know, in terms of our what we stand for. You know, so our philosophy, our values, our approach. And it's, it's, I, you know, I would describe it as, is, is, is quite modern and, and, and fresh. And that was, was really important to, to us.
0: Like, it's one of those things, having it out there in the ether means that people that are kind of doing a bit of, like, detective work online can get to know so much about you. Um, And it's really important to have that off social media because then they're not going to get distracted by like pings and dings and notifications. Like I think it's all, it's really good to start. You've always got to start somewhere. So if your business is starting with a Facebook page, that's okay. Um, But you've got to quickly realise that every second that person's on your page, you're fighting to keep their attention. Whereas when you've got that website, they can take their time to really get engrossed in the story of your business and really come on board with who you are and what you're about. And like, you just can't do that on social media, not without getting torn away by a cat video or something, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. And we've had the other thing that was really important for us was, and I can see this with other, particularly other farming businesses, they've used other platforms that even the URL sometimes seems like it doesn't even appear. You know, I'm not going to name any platforms, but I'm sure people can think of which platforms I'm talking about. So I, I wanted something that where people could find us really easily. So like mm. I've had, I've had customers, now this is funny. So we, we run a farm in Gippsland. I've had a Canadian customer. Yeah. Contact me from oh, wow. obviously from Canada from, yeah. To, to buy a gift voucher for someone who's in Australia for our farm.
0: Oh, wow. You know? So, <laughs> I know.
1: I know. I know. I know. So now we're a farm that does gift vouchers. I mean. Who knew
0: that you could actually get it? I mean, why not? You know?
1: So, Absolutely. And, and the fact
0: that your website allowed that conversation to happen too, they kind yes. of thought, well, I'll just just ask them, you know, I'll just ask the question. I'll see what they want to do. And it's like, sure, there's no there's no barriers yeah. for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's yeah. exciting. And no, we've yeah, we've done sure. we've done a complete yeah, no. we've done a complete episode about your podcast already, which I recommend people go and listen to because if you're yeah. thinking about a podcast, Jill, the way Jill explains how 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 easy it is and how, how doable it is, you'll be recording one in no time. But how, how have you found the website allowed you to branch out into podcasts and things like that? Mm.
1: Well, for, you know, once I had my podcast established, um, it was pretty much just a phone call to you. And the next day we had a, <laughs> a podcast appearing on the, on the page, a little scrolling banner and stuff. And, um, you know, when we get our monthly statistics, you can see that the podcast is constantly up there as the, as the landing page where people find us from. So they, they find oh, the podcast excellent. and they find the website. Yeah. So it's, it's been a great way. And I'm, and I'm thinking, um, I don't know how all the back end works, but I'm thinking with the show notes on the podcast, it's, it's creating all these sort of background data, metadata sort of things that again is driving traffic or at least keeping our website organically quite fresh I think
0: well it's really it's well it's probably giving it's giving some people to people somewhere to go to find out more because say if they find they don't they don't if say for example they don't stumble across your website first but they stumble across you while searching through podcast apps like you said a lot of people have discovered you through your podcast um, again another really good reason to start one if you've got a, a solid purpose in mind so if you've got a website if you've got someone who's listened to your podcast and through the course of that episode have become really interested in doing business with you it gives them somewhere to go Like it, like the website becomes this really good central point for if they discover you on Facebook and decide you're the person for them or Instagram or a podcast or they see like a a sign or something like something in print, having that website where it's like here's where to go next and then your website's a really good way of going here's what to do next. So it gives all this effort you're putting into elsewhere, channels it all back to a single sort of point of conversion and then it gives them a really good reason to take the next step and actually do something with you.
1: The other thing I've found is that because we do a lot of media generally, you know, whether it's podcast or whether it's print media or social media, I'm really confident that um, p- people can can find us and the message is consistent. Um, and when I say that people can find us, like we, I've had a call from a journalist from the stock and land who wanted to do a profile on us. For one of their magazines on um, paddock to plate businesses and i said to her how did you find us and she said oh, i just googled paddock to plate businesses and yours, yours was the first website that came up and it looked oh, good Oh, that's so cool yeah. you know so it's just amazing how again the, the, the message on the website is consistent and then they phone us and then and so you know it just fits it just works and, and it's again it's kind of modern and fresh and um, up to date Mm. you know and I know sometimes we do think as as a website as a sort of an online brochure but it can be so much more than that nowadays
0: oh 100% absolutely it should really be like a tool it should be like you should be using it as much as you drive your work you'd around and but the benefit is if if you've got access to it and control of it um you you can then start thinking about it as like oh, I'll just pop this on the website or I've or you, or you can see yeah. someone sort of doing something where you think oh that would work for me I'm just going to add that to my website and that that overwhelming fear of tech and oh that's going to be a job ticket and six phone calls and 12 weeks worth of hassle that goes away because it's like well I can just create a page and I'll stick the text on there yeah. and a link and then it will be fine. Hey guys, I just wanted to jump in here real quick and let you know about my brand new mastermind, The Exit Strategy. This is a marketing mastermind where we keep each other accountable, we set the plans, we set our strategies for our content and the whole idea is about keeping ourselves accountable to the bigger picture game plan and constantly trying to stay ahead of the game when it comes to marketing and promoting our small businesses because when we have a bigger picture strategy like this it allows us to keep our eyes on the big prize and not allow ourselves to get stuck in the success or failure of individual posts or emails or things like that and in doing so we'll put faith and the right energy into the daily and weekly actions we're taking now no that it's not about what we're just doing today; it's about what we're doing for the long term. That's really going to make it count. If you'd like to jump in and join me in this monthly marketing mastermind, where we get together once a month via Zoom, we set our intentions, we check in with these big picture plans, and then we make sure that we're staying on top of our monthly to-do list in terms of our marketing. Head over to my website and sign up today.
1: It's done. the The other thing I found was um, so we we. Paddock to plate, we, we market meat pretty much. Uh, and in um we started to use Facebook to sell meat until Facebook stopped you uh being able to sell meat on Facebook. Yes. So you think, mm-hmm. oh, what am I gonna do now? How am I gonna actually so every year, you know, my sheep breed and I've got more and more sheep and more and more lambs, which means more and more meat to <laughs> sell. So you know it's I've got to continually be growing my customer base so I'm thinking I'm already doing farm expos I'm, I've got a podcast you know I'm, I'm, I'm using social media w- what else can I do so um, and I was really worried really worried that if this social media sort of almost embargo continued where you're not allowed to do this and you're not allowed to do that and you're not, that I'm not going to have that you know, hey, I need to have a little 20% boost in sales this quarter or whatever it might be. I, ironically, through Brett Jarman, the guy I did the podcast um, coaching with, and you, I realized that email marketing is the way to go. yes, seriously the way mm-hmm. to go. And what better way than to use your website and the back end of your website to manage all of that? So now... And again, this, I have to say, this is very much thanks to Meredith. <laughs> now, Thank you. when someone, seriously, when someone lands on our website, fills out an inquiry form, they automatically get popped into different groups. Yeah. Do they want to buy livestock or farm experiences or do they want to buy meat? So they go into these different groups and then we use um, MailChimp. The, yeah, with, with a, an interface of, what's that What's that site where Z- we use as the inter- uh
0: Zapier. Is it, is it, is it, is that
1: Zap- Zapier, yeah, Zapier. I've got no idea whether
0: it's Zapier or Zapier, so don't quote me on that. I Zapier, just- yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. It talks between the website and MailChimp. So then when we go to do MailChimp broadcasts and EDMs, I think they're called in marketing speak. Yes. speech. Oh, look at you yeah. throwing
0: around all the tech star <laughs> people.
1: <laughs> you know, uh, it's so easy. It's so easy, particularly mm-hmm. even now so easy that I've got, I don't have to do it i've got myself I, I she's not even a virtual assistant she's actually you know in the flesh assistant that's exciting I know. she's so good hopefully she listens ash hopefully she listens so she can really know how amazing she is oh shout out to ash. Love, yeah she's 18 18 years old amazing with sheep so she helps me on the farm but she's doing all of this you know all this stuff and and again these young people are just so amazing you know, we we've talked about having sort of these sort of this sort of tech version. I just showed her your videos and she just made it happen.
0: Wow. Well, and like, but the good thing is is that you 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 know what she needs to do. So you can guide her through the process and you can also monitor the outcome and guide her if you need to, but you can then just as easily hand that off and grow a team. Like I think that's the other really important thing about having all this knowledge in-house. It's not you're not completely at the mercy of like, she's told me that she can do this. I really hope she can do this, and it wasn't just a bit of BS on a resume, because I've I've heard so many like horror stories of someone's like, yeah. oh, they told me they could use this app, which and actually meant they'd logged into it once and had a like like a click around. They haven't actually used it. Whereas because you're kind of. pouring that information from the top down it's like you know how this is supposed to roll out you just want to offload the time it takes to do it so just it's this really nice way of allowing your team to grow but you can still guide them through the process and it's such an easy it's much easier way to onboard someone Um, but what you said about plugging in MailChimp as well I kind of want to stress how actually easy that is if you've got the apps lined up because you're right what we've done is we've sort of we've told um, using this app Zapier just to explain a bit for everyone listening. So what we're doing is we're getting um, there's a form for each of these four components of Jill's business. So in each instance, whether it's farm experience, um, it's, it's like farm experiences, produce, um, livestock, Lives,
1: and livestock and meat.
0: Mm-hmm. So for each of these four arms of the business, there is a landing page that explains how the customers can, um, can engage and an inquiry form. With each of those inquiry forms, we're connecting it to her Mailchimp, which is a um, which is an email marketing platform. But along the way, we're using this third-party output Zapier to sort of go, okay, we're going to get you to send this person's details to Mailchimp. Obviously, telling the person that that's where their details are going because you have to be open um, when you when you sort of um, tell people that you're storing your information. Um, so we're they can gonna, unsubscribe
1: we're gonna... easily as well. You know, so it's all very legitimate, very. Absolutely. Very much in line with government regulations, so you don't have to worry about any of that.
0: That's it. MailChimp makes it very easy to follow the guidelines yeah. too. Like they have a lot of defaults set up. So it is easier yeah. to do the right thing. Um you almost had to actively be trying to avoid that to get yourself into trouble. So but along the way from that information going from the website to MailChimp, we're also saying MailChimp, this person's coming to us via this form, therefore we know they're interested in these products. So on the MailChimp end of things, it stores all this information in her contact database, but it also tags them as meat customer, produce customer, farm experience customer. So then if Jill wants to do a targeted campaign, specifically to someone who is interested in buying meat, all she then goes into his Mailchimp and goes, "All right, I'm going to write this email, but I only want you to send it to everyone who's been tagged as a meet customer." And so you know that your open rate is going to be much higher because the people that you're talking to are most likely to be interested in that product, and there's a good chance they're more likely to take action. But the fact that all, that all happens on autopilot means that you're getting all this really beautifully categorized data to then take action on the minute you want to. You know,
1: having a, a, a regular reason to 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 email people in a business like ours i mean i can you know i get and it's probably like most of us get um broadcasts from you know shoe companies or dress Mm -hmm. companies or whatever you know retail places just generally
0: after covid for me it's it's let's um yoga that i it's active where i've no intention of being active in that's the emails that get me the most
1: (laughs) yeah so it's you know and and you think wow this is great you know they have a, a new blouse so they email me about it brilliant what i don't have a new blouse when i'm in a farm when i'm a farmer <laughs> what am i gonna email i can't just say hey i've
0: had a new lamb born you should know about this it looks exactly you know? the same as the lamb i emailed you about last week like its personality is much different click for more
1: <laughs> But we we came up or you helped me come up with a, a monthly lamb
0: recipe So I love getting those. I I get them now because I set my email up to test it. Now I was like, oh, what's Jill cooking this month? (laughs) What's Jill doing? So now you can
1: probably see, oh, she's actually doing it now. That's it. I'm checking your work as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, And of course, now we're, you know, anything that I do, whether it's a sale or an event or, uh, you know, an opportunity, we're using that. And I'm trying to build my email database. So I've got more control and I'm less at the mercy of,
0: Facebook.
1: Mm-hmm. Not to say I don't like Facebook. It's just that I, I don't want to be beholden to it because yes. it's not going to be, it's not going to help me out if it changes its algorithm or if it changes its um, rule rulings and things like that. And there's a lot of other issues with animals on Facebook too. So farms and the like aren't being looked on very favorably.
0: No, it's um, you're hundred percent right, and I think the trick is is that Facebook is marketed to people as this all in one, be all and end all marketing solution, and so because a lot of small business owners are wearing a lot of hats, that's like okay, Facebook reckons it can cover all the bases. I'll just run the business, and my marketing will be Facebook because that's all I've got the bandwidth for. But yeah, like you said, the problem is then is that you're completely at the mercy of the decisions they make. And they're not going to make decisions that are in the best interest of your business. They're making decisions in the best interest of their business. Um, And that's especially true if you're not paying to play. Like if you're only there with your Facebook page, creating content that's organic and that's connecting with people in a completely free organic way, you get served last. You are not a priority to them because you're not tipping money into Facebook ads. You're not investing in the platform in any way. You're doing the bare minimum. You're not there target market Um, and there has been like a number of things that happened the last 12 18 months like we recently had an outage where Facebook and Instagram were out for an entire probably about eight hours I think Um, and then I think earlier in 2021 um, all our local news site pages were shut down by Facebook because there's a lot of there was a lot going on at a legislative level because Australian Briefly, Australian government wanted these sites to start paying for the content and they were taking off our news outlets rather than just scraping their websites sure, and publishing yeah. it because yes. news outlets weren't getting the click-throughs. The click throughs how they get their ad revenue. They were losing money. Um, so then Facebook just canned all of us as like an international hissy fit. Um, but it was a really good indication. Again, for a lot, I've had a lot of farm customers coming to me going, like, Facebook Marketplace was like where they got all their traffic from. What are they going to do? Mm-hmm. So... If you can sort of get ahead of the curve and establish yourself like what you've done with like putting your eggs in a lot of really different baskets um and facebook is just a spoke in the wheel it's not the wheel you're going you're going to put yourself in a much better position when facebook facebook probably will eventually go the way of the gods in the current form it's in now because it's not built on a business model that i think sustainable because it's too much based on like ad revenue And like, I don't know about you, but now on the few times I log into Facebook, I feel like it's just so full of advertising. I'm almost sick of it five minutes after being there. So I would dare say there might be Facebook 2.0 in the pipeline or something that will come and take over it. So the less dependent you can be on on it, the better short-term and long-term.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, I think we've got to start to realise that when we're in business, not everyone's going to buy from us. So you don't need everyone's name and address. So having a very targeted, perhaps small email database is going to be an awful lot more effective than having, you know, 20,000 followers or whatever it might be.
0: Oh, 100%. I think we get so caught up in this I did this follow and like count when we really don't stop and think does it actually have a tangible benefit on our business like I remember listening to a different podcast and the guest that was on that show made a really made a really good point she was like look it doesn't matter if you have 2,000 followers on Facebook because do you have 2,000 spaces in your heart park like if 2,000 customers came to you tomorrow would would you, would you be completely wiped out? And you'd have to- be yeah. Exactly right. So yeah. A, they're not all going to do business with you anyway. And B, even if they did, it's unrealistic. So if you can have a nice curated list of people that are likely to be customers, mm-hmm. it's just about knowing your numbers. And I think once you know your numbers too, you can then look at an email list of say 100 people and go, Well, no, that's okay, because I know those 100 people are regular buyers or potential yeah. buyers. You don't sort of panic about the numbers because you have an idea of what the numbers mean and what numbers mean to you
1: you know we go to to sheep events now and we will perhaps partner with a, a local store to um to give us something away for free and I, mar- I market their sort of nuts and bolts kind of bricks and mortar store and i'll collect the names <laughs> nice yeah and I'll, sh- and I'll share them it'll all be official and you Ooh. know all everyone knows what's what we're up to what we're up to i'll share the, the details with that store But then I'm building my email database, even though I'm actually face to face getting sort of, you know, FaceTime with with potential future customers. So does that make sense? So so I'm trying to feed into my email database as much as I possibly can from Facebook, from Instagram, from my podcast, from the, the customers that actually come to us at the farm or the people that we actually see at shows.
0: And the, and, this, and that's where the, it sort of loops around really nicely. Because you have those regular lamb recipes going out, there's automatically something in it for them for giving you their details. So it's not like you yeah. can go, oh, just subscribe to my newsletter. And then that being the end of conversation, so they can stand there and go, what, so you can yeah. spam me? Like, it's a lot easier to have that conversation with people. It's like, look, we actually send out a monthly lamb recipe. We'd love to be able to keep in touch with you. We'd love to be able to send it to you monthly. And so they're going to go, oh, free recipe every month. Like, And so then it doesn't feel like I'm just going to be database. They feel like they're going to get something out of it. So if you have that reason already ticking along nicely, it just makes it even more easy to have that conversation with people. So Jill, Thank you so much for sharing your side of the the website experience. It's been um, I wish you have another business. Please so we have another experience to do a website together. Do you want to start another one? You got any more ideas? I think my husband would kill me if I yeah, did that. I, I think Gary's at business capacity right now. <laughs> well, if you ever do the book, if you finish finish the book because I would read it book. and then we can do we can do a website around promoting the book. That's okay. There you go. And that way it's not really we, probably, a web,
1: we we probably do need to do a bit of a refresher on, on the Holston Valley Farm website because I've been listening to your podcasts about what else I could do with the form, that sort of, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I think that I'm thinking, oh, you know what? I need some more fields on that form. I think that was in your m- m- most recent um, episode and that got me thinking of, uh, of other little tweaks I can make. So yeah, watch this space, Meredith. Don't worry, I'll, I'll be knocking on your
0: door soon that's okay by all means um so before we wrap up what would you say to someone who is experiencing some friction in their business or organization and they feel like a website might help but what for whatever reason they're hesitating like it could be budget it could be I'm not a tech person what am I getting myself into like what would you say to someone who's in that headspace right now
1: I would be getting them to think what if they didn't what if they don't set up a website what is what is the impact going to be in the medium to long term of their business, they are missing out on a huge opportunity. Yeah. So I I I just think it is a it's it's just an essential tool. It's like, would you have run a business without a phone nowadays? Of course not. Yes. You would not. You know, it's a tool of a trade and you need it. And particularly with the fact that, you know, with you know different lockdowns and restrictions and things like that who knows what the future is going to hold but you what we do know is that we as business owners need to take more control back yes 100%. Um, rather than yeah and I think ironically our website if if it's set up right and it's set up to, to capture some of the visitors yeah some of the genuine mm. not the tire kickers but some of those genuine people who, who are almost at the buy now stage yes yes and If we can capture those then it is just going to be a matter of time. You're going to convert those. You're going to convert those people. So from for me, it's one for I would like there that person to list the consequences. If I don't do mm. a website, what are the consequences of that?
0: Absolutely. I think that's a great way to look at it. And what I would recommend is doing exactly what you did is coming up with a bit of like a, what? Why do I? Why do I want it? What do I need it to do? And like, make that just a, a wish list. Don't limit yourself by like, I don't think a website can do that. Write down everything. Write down what the the silver bullet would look like for you in terms of like, if this website could do all these things, it would be amazing. So you've got like your hit list of everything that you would ideally like in the process, and how much control you would like of it. Like, if you're the sort of person that wants that knowledge in house, and like, obviously Julia, that kind of person. I typically deal with people who are like, no, no, I need this in-house so I'm not trying to call someone at midnight when I'm working on it and I need help. Um, so work out what your non-negotiables are for the website long-term, whether you want to be in charge of it or whether you want to be relying on someone and write your wish list of like, this is what I need it to do, this is the actions I need it to perform. And then, um, yeah, then I suppose just look for recommendations, I guess. I would not go trying to, I would, being small business owners, we always talk to each other. So try to talk to a few people and get some recommendations, I, I would say.
1: Yep. And, and the other piece of advice I would have, and I sort of alluded to it when I talked about the, the various other platforms, just I, I think stay, stay clear of the DIY options.
0: Yeah, unless it's like a guided DIY, don't just, because oh, I think you're going you're gonna to get so lost in all the buttons and what does this do? You'll end up wasting four or five hours and not actually yes. have achieved anything. And then you'll be so disenchanted yeah. with the process. You'll be like, well, this isn't yeah. working.
1: And no one will find you anyway. No one will be
0: able to find you. You know, no, not unless you want to spend hours on Google trying to figure all that out. But like, it's one of those things. It's almost like I always say this about like when you plan your wedding, it's like by the time you finished planning your wedding, you're so good at it. You're almost, it's almost a shame you only like get married once. Some of us get once. married once, but yeah, the shame you're only going to get married once. It's like, I've got all this knowledge now about how to plan a wedding yeah. and it's, it's done. So I wouldn't, don't kill yeah. yourself trying to become a web designer if you're ever going to need one website. No.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And and if you can, just like working with you, Meredith, you know, the ideas that, that you can come up with when you work collaboratively with someone, that's the gold. You know, mm-hmm. that's the that's what really will set your business apart. Those like, you know, so simple, but lamb recipes monthly, you know. I, I don't think I would have come up with that on my own.
0: Well, I'm glad you did because I'm loving it. Like I'm receiving them going, oh, guess what we're doing with the lamb this month, babe. So. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just like, okay, here's the recipe off you go. I don't actually do it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm the ideas person. Then I'll just sort of hand that off ah, to operations. <laughs> very good.
1: Yeah. Well, again, that's, it's like working in business, isn't it? And having like a VA, you know, we, we need to realize it's just stick with what we're good at and do what we're good at yes. because otherwise this business, you know, this, this sort of journey that we're on can be kind of a bit annoying sometimes.
0: Oh, especially if you try to do everything yourself. And, again, everyone's got to start somewhere. But the minute you can start drawing in this really, like, tight-knit team of people, because you're also, you're not just getting exposure to their school, you're getting exposure to who they're exposed to. So it's always the opportunity, like, you're sort of getting their black book of contacts and it's like, well, I know someone who can do this and I know someone who can do that. And so, yeah, if you can get a really curated bunch of, like, service providers who with values that have, like, that align, you'll never look back. But, um. Yeah. Jill thank you so much for letting me pick your brain about the whole website process and it was really good hearing it from someone who's gone through the website process a couple of times now twice yes (laughs) and the third one when that book gets read, just don't tell Gary um no but just just what they can do to prepare themselves for that process to get the most out of who they're working with and the finished result I think that's Mm. super valuable so thank you so much for sharing all that
1: absolute pleasure Meredith thank you for all the help and support you've provided to me in both of those organizations
0: so where can people find out more about you Jill
1: well if if they want to find out about me and also see your work in uh in you know in the 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 online world they could go to wilshirehornaustralia.com.au. that's the Australian Wilshire Horn Sheep Association website that we did first together and then holstonvalleyfarm.com
0: Thank you for joining me for another episode of taking back joy did this episode happen to spark an idea in your business brain i'd love to hear how this topic helped you so take a screenshot of you listening right now post it to instagram and tag me at meredithpage.me and tell me in the caption what your big takeaway was from this episode thanks guys see you next time